Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I'm your co-host. That was it. That was it. That's all we're doing. We're not going to keep playing that crap to people. I could have done a way better job of just putting the song on here and then fading it out. Yeah, but this is us. We're imperfect. Oh, it's you. We're imperfect creatures. Anyway, speak for yourself. Um, Today, we are coming at you with a special Q&A episode in celebration of one million downloads of Mama Mystery. Holy cow. I just can't believe it. I mean, we've been at this for like almost three years now, which mm-hmm. there was like a big gap between, like somewhere in there. But um, yeah, three years. Yep. It's crazy. And here we are. We hit this major milestone and you we're so excited. Awesome. And so to celebrate, um, we asked on Instagram for you guys to ask us some questions and we're just going to do like a... One off, a little Q and A, natural, unscripted. Austin has not read any of these questions, Zero. so there are some that are more fun than others. And um, we're also going to be coming out with an episode this week on Sarah Boone, so get ready for that too, because it'll be a double episode week. Let's go. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Are these questions are they do they about are they about a certain topic or is it just no? I just told everyone they could ask us whatever they wanted, and we would just answer. How many and- we got? Uh, I didn't count. I think there's probably like 20. Okay. Yeah. And some of them were asked more than once, so I just kind of grouped them together. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Anything you want to add before we dive in? I want to give you props because you're awesome and you get unkilled it. You're sweet. And shout out to everybody for all your support. Thanks, guys. Um, Austin is eating, so if you have like... What is that called? Misophonia? Misophonia. It's where you hate the sound of chewing, but I'm done now, so it doesn't matter. I just finished. Okay, good. The food. Okay. So our first question. Roxy Loves Ya asks, from where are you all and where are you based now? And what are your day jobs? Okay. You want to start at me? Um, I'll go first. So I'm actually not from where we live now. We live in like Northwest Missouri. Just north of Kansas City. Yeah, just north of Kansas City. But I actually grew up in a suburb of Kansas City. So I didn't move too far away. But um, that is where we are now. And our day jobs, well, and you've, you've lived I here your whole life. I was born and raised here, yeah. yeah. So just north of Kansas City, lived here our whole life. and yeah. yeah. I went to a high school called Shawnee Mission Northwest in Shawnee, Kansas. And then I went to KU and I studied at KU for four years. I studied English. That's Um, why she's so good at writing. That's why I really do enjoy writing. Um, And then our day jobs now. So, you know, we've done like a little bit of everything. This could be a long answer. (laughs) I'll let you go first on what your day job is. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I, I I started a company called Lean Kitchen. So 
We sell fresh prepared meals. We have retail stores that sell fresh prepared meals that taste amazing um, to go. And they are, and then we have supplements and um, we do delivery. But anyways, we're franchising. So I started that with a partner. And in 2017, we began franchising in 2018. Um, we have 65 locations sold across the country in 12 different states. And so that's my that's what I spend the majority of my time doing. And then I own a few other businesses, retail stores, a um, couple ice, ice cream. cream shops. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much your day job. And you have a podcast of your own. Yeah, I have a podcast called Speed Bumps. So if anybody's interested in me, (laughs) if anybody's interested in my podcast, it's called Speed Bumps with Austin Evans. Um, It's really, so speed bumps are the, the mistakes in life, the things you learn from. And so I'm, I've learned a lot in my career and life of what not to do from people. I think there's a lot of value that can be taken of what not to do and mistakes people make. And so that's the premise of my podcast. So, you know, relationship, you know, friendship, business, mental, just different speed bumps I have on guests. And um, you can learn from other people's speed bumps, which I always say it's a whole lot cheaper and a whole lot less time consuming if you can learn from people's mistakes secondhand rather than making the mistake yourself. So that's what I do. Yeah. So my day job, um, so I graduated with a degree in English, but then I went to hair school and I learned how to do hair because I, I don't know, I, I think that's always what I wanted to do, but it was important to my dad, I think, for me to go get a degree and maybe just even have that experience. But um, I've done hair for a really long time and I feel like that's always been like my fallback, my my main thing. I did own a clothing boutique for a while, which started out online, and then we opened up a couple re- retail stores. But I wanted... Super, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say it was a super cool brand. It was called Wild Lane Boutique, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, it had a big following. You had a lot of customers. I mean, it was it was... It was a huge learning experience. And I'd say overall, when you look at it in the scheme of life, it was successful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned so much. And I got in right at the time where Facebook advertising was super cheap. So Mm -hmm. to grow a Facebook page organically was actually very easy. It's not easy now because you have to pay so much money to do it. But um, we grew really quickly, opened up a a couple um, stores, learned a lot, uh, you know, from from the the success of it, but also some of the failures of it, like just things that I would have done differently if I could go back in time. But all in all, great experience. I ended up selling it um, to one of the girls that actually worked for me for a while, and she ran it for a few years after that. And then mm-hmm. I think she she might still kind of do a little bit of it online. on the side, but yeah, she, she put it back online. And anyway, that was um, one thing I did. And then yeah, now, the now Kelly's a full-time podcaster. You do hair one day a week. Yeah, which is, I mean, just so nice. I don't know how I ever did this podcast where I was dishing out two episodes a week and doing hair. I don't know how on earth I did that, but and at one point we were doing that. Yeah. yeah, and you're a mom and a wife. <laughs> yeah, and so anyway, now that I only do hair once a week, I try to dedicate my other days to either the podcast or taking care of the kids. Yeah. And for a lot of a lot of my early days of entrepreneurship, just because I feel like this is fun context for people to have about us. So for a lot of the early days of my entrepreneurship, um, you know, it's rough getting started. And so I wasn't making a lot of money. And so Kelly kind of, I would say, kind of supported us through all of those early days. And so now it's cool to be able to give that back to Kelly. So now 
I believe in the podcast wholeheartedly and Kelly's ability to grow it and her creativity and everything. So now it's kind of like now it's Kelly's turn to grow her thing. Well, thanks, Fade. Yeah, it definitely it does feel like it's it's been that way. Like for a long time, it was a lot of what you were doing, and now we've kind of shifted gears. Yeah, um, but it's been fun nonetheless the whole way. Yep. So the next question is from Steffi Mo. She says, "Are you guys going to start doing weekly episodes?" So my goal is always to do weekly episodes. And it's funny that I just mentioned, you know, that I used to do two a week, and I don't know how I ever did that. I guess maybe my quality wasn't as good as it is now. But no, you were just. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I did that. But yes, my goal is to this year, especially. It's on one of my goals. Um, you know, I I set out some like yearly goals. I don't know if y'all do that, but one um, of my if you don't, you should. Yeah. One of my goals is to be more consistent getting them out weekly. Um, and obviously, like, it's important to give yourself grace. That second week in January, last week, um, we didn't put out anything, I think, because we just had some personal, like, health stuff going on, which we'll probably end up touching on that later. But... Um, that is my goal is to go is to do weekly, but I'm also kind of branching out into, you know, posting more on TikTok. I know that sounds kind of silly, but for those of you who are on TikTok, I post videos on there on ongoing cases all the time. And so, um, being more frequent and posting there just to kind of like promote the podcast. Yeah. Promote the podcast, but also to like keep engaged with you guys daily. Nobody in the world thinks that posting on TikTok's weird except for Kelly. Cause every time she talks about it, she goes, <laughs> I know it's so strange, which it's not at all, but I guess I just, I, I see myself as this like old lady. I'm about to be 35, which is not old. Okay. I know that's not old, but for some reason, like at some point, I my my mind just shifted where I I realized I'm no longer that young. <laughs> so I look at TikTok and the the kids that are on TikTok these days, and the stuff that they're doing, and I'm like, well, what I'm doing is different, but I just part of me just feels a little silly about it. I'm just rolling my eyes at her because for some reason she equates TikTok to childish and it's like, but it's been really good for promoting the podcast. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've had like wild engagement on TikTok. I mean, this is a niche thing. True crime is a niche and I definitely have tapped into it on TikTok. So, I mean, it's obviously there, but I'm not on there making dancing videos or anything crazy like that. Well, and to, to, to go back to the question though, which was the once a week, um, I think that's the goal, but like cadence is hard to find. Like for example, this week there are probably going to be two episodes rolled out. Well, we could withhold one until next week and get ahead. I call Mm -hmm. it getting them in the pipe. Mm -hmm. Kelly's not real great about that. She always wants to get them out as soon as she does them. Yeah. Well, once I'm done, I want to give it to you guys. I don't want to make you wait. I feel like I'm withholding what you guys want, which is episodes. So why would I hold it back? But I get the, I get why I should do that. It's just hard for me to. So I, that's the goal, but like some weeks you're going to get two, some weeks you're going to get three, some weeks you're going to get none. Yeah. Overall, if we could get about 40 to 50 for the year, I think it'd be a huge success. For sure. So the next question is from Dear Cassius, and it, it says, what attracted you to each other? Oh. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, well, I'll go first then. Um, so Austin and I met at the gym. Um, we were... I was working out there and he was a manager there and we started out as just friends and I thought he was so cute, but I thought, 
again, this is like my dumb brain thinking I was old, that I'm some elderly woman, that I was like, oh, he's such a cute kid, but like, he's so young. Like he, he's not looking at me. I'll look at him, but he's not looking at me. Kelly's a cougar. If you haven't figured it out, she's like five years older than me. Yes. Not five, four. I am five. Are you five? Yes. You're about to be 30. I'm going to be 35. Okay. So... Um, we started out as just friends. I was just always attracted to how like outgoing and personable he was and nice and funny, like just those initial things. And I mean, God, gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. I still feel that way. But, um, but you go ahead. What, what attracted you to me? Well, you're a babe. Okay. So (laughs) aside from being a typical guy here and having somebody say, oh, it's not anistic. Uh, every time we test before we do this, every single episode, we Kelly tests the mics and I say, testing, Kelly's got a big butt. That's true. I should like have a compilation of all the times that you say that because it is literally every single episode that is what he says to test. So she's got big buns. I like those. And she's a babe. <laughs> but Kelly's just very sweet and outgoing. She's compassionate. She's, I mean, you're a super mom. You just got lots of great qualities. Thank a million you. things. So, yeah, I'm very attractive for a lot of reasons. As t- yeah, as time went on, um, which I think one of the other questions is like how we met. So we'll get into that. But as time went on, like that's how we met. We just said how we met. No, oh, I we mean said like what we're drawn to each other. Yeah, what attracted you to each other? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm very attracted to your sense of humor. That I think is my absolute favorite thing about you. Your sense of humor, the way you make me laugh, and that's like ageless. You know, like you'll always, you know. Maybe you'll sag eventually. I doubt sag. it. But Thanks a million. <laughs> nice but sag. you'll always be making me laugh, and you have I'm a grateful. Good sense of humor too. Thanks. Okay, so Shay Collins asks, "What precautions do you take with your children to keep them safe, having studied tr- studied crimes?" That's a good one. That's a really good question. Um, so both of my kids, I think, are very aware that we have Mama Mystery as a podcast. They know what I do. They know I talk about crimes. But I don't, it, there's a fine line because I, I try not to like tell them too much that I think would scare them or, you know, that maybe they're not, they're not old enough to hear. But I also try to keep them safe in regards to like keep an eye out in your surroundings. Like this is why we, you know, pay attention to our surroundings and just like when we're out in public, why we don't run in parking lots or run around in the store. Like why I have to have my eyes on you at all times. Like, Things like that. Yeah, I don't think we do anything super out of the ordinary that parents do to keep their kids safe. I mean, Mm. I I don't love them being on social media. Like, they're obviously not on social media at all. But, like, even if they can get on somebody's phone, like, friends will be on their parents' phones on TikTok. I hate that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think we do anything out of big time out of the ordinary. Do you? No, I think uh, Jack especially is very interested in just like survival tips in general. So, you know, we had an episode um, a while back. It was a mom a minute where Jack kind of just gave us like life saving tips. That was fun. And so he has like these tips of what to do in like rogue situations, like if you're confronted with a bear. But he's really funny too because he'll say like, if I was ever abducted. I would take out my hair and put it where I am, like in the trunk or whatever, like in the vehicle, so that they could find me. And like he has said those things. Yeah, he's heard he's those got a, somewhere. He's got an interesting mind. And like, yes, he does. His brother was very into kind of crazy stuff like that when he was younger too. So Yeah, just like random things where he gets really fixated on it. So it's not even necessarily that I have told him these things. It's that he has learned like about DNA and how it gets left and how it helps solve solve crimes. Yeah. But he's also really into 
like the I Survived books and just like random His- topics too, just like historical Historic topics. tragedies. Like he'll be like, do you remember the Chicago Fire of 1912 or whatever year it happened? I mean, he has like, yeah, he's like a little encyclopedia. So Yeah, but, but as back- far as like true crime, Kennedy is, I think she's probably oblivious. I, I mean, com- Yeah, she's completely oblivious. <laughs> she's so sweet. Like she's aware, you know, if I talk to her about it, but she doesn't think about it as much as Jack does. When I say she's oblivious, I just don't think she thinks about it as much as... As Jack probably does. But the question, how do we keep him safer than other people? I, I mean, how do we, I don't, I don't know. Not a whole lot out of the ordinary. I carry a gun all the time, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, well, and they're, they're aware of like gun safety too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think keeping him off social media is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So Morgan Hans. One star Austin carries guns. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> just kidding. <laughs> our one star listeners are probably not going to listen to a and a where we just talk about ourselves. Yeah. If you don't like us, then we wouldn't listen to this, I wouldn't think. No, probably not. So Morgan Hans, one of my best friends, asked the question, how is your sex life? That's a ridiculous question. <laughs> you got brothers and sister-in-laws and parents. You're not, we're not listening. We're not. It's fantastic. <laughs> On to the next one. It's fantastic. Um, okay. She also asks, um, does Austin ever get scared that you'll kill him and get away with it? Morgan, That's you're the queen of question. dumb questions. <laughs> no, I don't get scared. Kelly's going to kill me and get away with it. That's a good question. Would though, I be married I to somebody could. that I think is going to kill me, Morgan? <laughs> Come on. Next question. <laughs> Go to the next question, Kelly. I love you, Morgan. Austin does too. Jesse Colt says, do you ever think you'll hire anyone to help with Mama Mystery? Like maybe behind the scenes, she says it would be a dream job. Can I talk on this one first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so I want to say this. Kelly's always had the vision for putting together the episodes and for writing, and she's extremely creative and talented in all of those regards. I, and I think you'd agree with this, you feel free to butt in if you don't. I've always viewed, I've always seen the potential for how big Mama Mystery can get before Kelly's seen it. Mm -hmm. Kelly looks at it like this is a hobby and it's fun for her. I look at this like, I'm really glad it's a hobby and it's fun for her and it's fun to be able to do something that's your passion and then monetize it. And so the main purpose of this is something Kelly can do that she really enjoys and relates to a lot of people. And I think a really cool byproduct of it is you can monetize it and make it into something big and successful. So I will say years from now, I could see it getting big enough where, you know, I don't know what this entails and I'm not going to really go into detail, but it goes into other spinoffs from the podcast where it's a business and maybe there's some part-time help or something. I could see that. Could you? Yeah. So I have thought about this before because here's where my struggle lies with the podcast. I'm going to get very honest with you guys. I do the research myself. I do all the writing myself. That in itself is a very long process. One episode can take me anywhere from six to like 12 hours worth of work to write a full episode. And maybe it's even more than that. I, I don't say, even I've realize. Seen her, I've seen you spend 20, 30 hours on an episode. It before. just kind of depends. Like Casey Anthony, that was a big deep dive. I spent just like an endless amount of hours on those episodes. Um, and I'm very you know, particular about how my writing style is, like what I want to include, how I want the flow of the episodes to go, the stories to go. So I don't see myself necessarily delegating that part. But where I do struggle is the Patreons giving them what they're paying for. Like, so that is where I struggle because, 
Um, it is a lot of work to uh, like go through all the addresses, get everyone's addresses on this one spreadsheet. Like this is work that someone else could do that would like help me that I would be comfortable with delegating. But just getting all the addresses compiled, um, kind of like reconciling, you know, our current Patreons, adding new ones, making sure everything is straight. I write all the notes myself. I wouldn't want to pass that off to someone else, but. That does take quite a bit of time. But I mean, just as far as like the Patreon backend kind of stuff, I feel like, man, I could use an assistant for this kind of thing. <laughs> it's interesting because you listeners are listening to this open conversation firsthand. I don't like I don't view somebody helping you with that for a very long time until there's other spinoffs because the reality is, and this is funny because it's a very open conversation with everybody listening, mm-hmm. but the reality is the the Patreon is now, while it's insanely appreciated, these people, the Patreon, it isn't really enough to cover the cost of stickers and mailing and everything else. So like to, in order to really monetize to the ability to be able to have a profit and hire an employee, mm-hmm. like right. there has to be a lot more done with the podcast. So I've back to what I originally said, I think it's years off, mm-hmm. but I can see it eventually happening. Yeah, I could too. I could see, you know, when it comes to like all the things that I want to do as far as like merchandise, fulfilling orders and things like that, like the goals that I have, I think eventually it could definitely get to that point. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm there quite yet, but there are days when I'm like, man, I wish Austin would do some of this stuff, but I would never <laughs> ask you to. <laughs> I mean, you're the only person I would have, like yeah. you're the only one on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a really excellent question. And someday we're, we're getting there, guys. This yeah. is only the beginning. Amen to that. So Allison Denning asks, will you do a meet and greet in Kansas City? I know we'd be besties. Oh, that's cool. That is so cool. Um, Allison, I would absolutely love to do something like that someday. I don't have it on my like immediate radar, but man, I love, I would love to find a way to make something like that work as far as like meeting people who genuinely really like the show. Like, you know, a lot of our listeners live in our area, so they know who we are and they, you know, they like know us as, as people, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they know me, they know me as Kelly, not just like Kelly on the podcast. Okay, so those of you who like do live around here and they see me like out at Target or out at Chick-fil-A or wherever, like I want so badly for people to feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, I listen to Mom and Mystery, I'm a big fan. I would be, oh my God, I would probably like shed a tear because it would just make me so happy. But um, as far as like an actual meet and greet, like I don't know if I'll have an organized thing anytime soon, but if you ever see me out like... I hate, I kind of cringe saying that because I'm like, oh, I'm just a normal girl, <laughs> but no, please do. Like if you listen to us, I want to know, I want to tell you that I appreciate it. And again, I think someday, yeah, it will happen. Yeah. It's, we are going to. It really is just the beginning. Like this just is starting to get some traction. And I think that someday it will be like top true crime podcast. And when at that point, absolutely. For sure. We are going to be going to CrimeCon in Orlando in September. So if any of you guys are in that area or have interest in going, um, definitely get your tickets while they're while they're still out and available and before the prices go up even more. But if you do get tickets, mention that you want to see us there because we do have tickets to go, but we're not technically like a sponsored podcast to go yet. One day we will be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could still happen this year. Um, but... Yeah, you know, hopefully we can see you out there. 
That would be awesome. It's in Orlando, September 22nd to the 24th. I'm going to add this just because, not related directly to this question, but we keep having questions that lead to us talking about the future of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this might not be, I don't know, some people might appreciate this. Just things take time to build. And like the the future of it really is so bright and it's easy, no, no matter if you're doing something in your life where you're like, you know, starting a podcast or working out or whatever, and you feel like, man... I'm not getting anywhere with this. Like, I can't tell you how many times Kelly would say to me, gosh, I wish things would grow faster. And I would tell her, babe, just keep consistency. You're doing a great job. The time has to play out Mm -hmm. with whatever you're doing in life. So like you can have the best cake recipe in the world. And if it needs to bake for 45 minutes at 400 degrees, you can't go put it in at 700 degrees and get it done faster. You'll burn the cake. Mm -hmm. Like things, time just has to play out. So like, Again, just because we're talking about the future of it, I think it's just a matter of time for a lot yeah. of these things. That is such a good point. There are so many times that I, and I think this is just applicable to life in general, but there are so many times when I was like, man, what could I be doing better? Am I doing something wrong? Like I wish there was a, a playbook or like a blueprint of exactly how I should be doing this because if there's something I'm missing, I want to know. But I don't think that was ever the case. It was just staying consistent and getting out there. And now it's really starting. We're starting to see Traction. substantial growth yeah. like recently. And I, I, but, I, but I used to tell Kelly, she used to always say that, what is, the, what is it? And I was like, you're doing exactly what you need to do. You just haven't done it long enough. You haven't done it consistent yeah. enough. And mm-hmm. so... And here we are, like almost three years. Well, it's been like two and a half years. A little over 100 episodes. Yeah. And finally, this is... Some traction. Yeah, it's happening. So stay patient. But I mean, it truly is with anything, with working out, with relationships, all of that. Saving money. That's why it went that way is because if you're listening, people think things happen overnight because you... You might have just found the podcast and you're like, look at these people blew up. We've been doing this for three years. Mm -hmm. Three years we've been doing this. Kelly would post a podcast and it it might get 40 listens like it or 120 listens. Like it doesn't, it's just take, everything takes time. Everything good takes time. Absolutely. Next question. Kelsey Krenz says, what are your top three episodes that you have recorded? And he, she also wants to know what your top three are. Top three, like just favorites? Yeah. You go ahead. Okay, top three. I'm going to have to say Casey Anthony was my number one favorite. Just that whole series. Um, I felt so like so like I was supposed to be doing what I was doing. Like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing is what I mean to say. It was your calling. Yes. I felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing. I am good at this. Like that really, before it ever even took off, because the Casey Anthony episodes are what really like put us out there. Um, and catapulted us, kind of. But even before I even distributed them, I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. She was so I felt into so it. confident about it. Um, so just beyond even the content, just the writing process, the the researching, that was like something I just so thoroughly enjoyed doing. Um, and I, I was excited about it. I was like, I don't want to be doing anything else. Like I, anything else can go in the back burner because I am so like passionate about this particular topic. So she would be my number one, just that whole story. Um, Beyond just like the work in it, I think just the story in general is important because the justice was so failed for that little girl and that just breaks my heart. Um, But the other two, man, I don't know. What's your, what's your top one? Let me think on it. So I I don't like, I'm obviously not a true crime person (laughs) like you guys, but 
the Casey Anthony, the deep dive, I thought that was just really interesting and relevant and everything else. So that, that'd be one of my favorites or whatever you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I always go back to the Lululemon episode yeah, because Kelly and I will go into Lululemon and I always think of that. And that was such curveball. The way you wrote that one was unbelievable. So many people were like, I love the way you wrote this because nobody saw the, the, um, the ending, the ending coming. And so the Lululemon episode, go back and look up that one. That one was crazy. And then there's a few that just stick in my head that I'm just going to mention them. I have a hard time narrowing down to three. Mm-hmm. BTK mm-hmm. sticks with me. I think that one was interesting. I can't remember the one, but a while back there was one where the guy kept this chick in a box under his bed and him and his wife like used her as a servant and like yeah, that, that one was just a freaking crazy story. Because she survived. And, I and think then she that could have is... taken off and then she didn't. Like mm-hmm. it was nuts. The one of the chick that uh, claimed she got abducted by a Mexican person. and Oh my gosh, uh, Sherry Papini. Sherry Papini. That one was bonkers that one was and so then, bonkers and then the kansas city butcher sticks out to me because mm-hmm. he would cut people up and then put them in trash bags in the dumpster and the trash people would take them like, yeah like right on the curb yeah. like it was just nothing so those are ones that stick out to me that i really remember btk sherry papini um lululemon kansas city butcher mm-hmm. and casey anthony yeah that's way more than wow three. that was that was way better than anything I'm going to be able to come up with. But I have to kind of agree. Like a lot of, we have a lot of the same favorites. I'll tell you one that you're not thinking of. What? The one you watch all the time on TV. The Chris oh, Watts case. Chris Watts. Kelly watches the Chris Watts documentary over and over and over and over. I do. That's got to be one of your one of your top ones. I know. And I wonder, like maybe we should redo that. Like, you know, not redo it, but um, cover it again. Mm-hmm. Because I think whenever I first re- uh, recorded that episode. It was when we were doing YouTube or when I was doing YouTube. And so it was just the audio extracted from the YouTube video. So I don't even know what the quality of that is like. I really should do a do a new episode Recap. where we, you and I talk about it. I mean, you know a lot about it already. Yeah. So it wouldn't be one that kind of blows your mind. Yeah. But I read a book on that case. I've watched the, the Netflix documentary on it a ton of times. So um, yours is Watts, um, so Casey yeah. Anthony. And Watts, what's your third? Casey Anthony... Man, it's really hard to narrow it down, isn't it? Just Lulu say Lemon one that comes to mind. Lululemon one? Yeah. is definitely one where I think it's the writing style in that one. I mean, the, like the storytelling, I guess, is my favorite part about that one because yeah, it was just telling the story exactly as it came out was such a mind fuck. <laughs> I I don't like to cuss a whole lot, but like it was a mind fuck. Um, you know what? The other one that I was actually really drawn into because it was so relevant and actually happening live mm-hmm. was the one in um, the laundries. Oh, uh, Brian Laundry and Gabby Petito. Yeah, I like calling the Gabby Petito case. Yeah, yeah, I like how you always mention the victim, typically. Mm-hmm. Not always, but typically it's the victim that gets, yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Um, and then, uh, like, right now, the ongoing stuff with the Idaho murders is just so interesting to me. It's fascinating. What fascinates me about the Idaho murders, though, is how social media has played into this whole case and how so many people thought that it was someone else and mm-hmm. they were convinced with so much passion that it was somebody else. And then this guy just came out of nowhere. Brian Koberger comes out of nowhere and shocks us all. And I think it was a really good wake up call for me that like, you know, we may think we know what we know. You know, we might think, you know, I'm into true crime. I'm very passionate about true crime. I think I know more than the average Joe about true crime. So my opinion should have more weight. You know, I I get like, I get into that sense sometimes. 
And then something like this happens and it brings me right back down to earth and reminds me I am just a true crime podcaster. I do not have the resources that, you know, the FBI and police agencies have. And I I hope that, you know, a lot of other people feel the same way when this all played out. I hope they realized the same thing, you know, that it was hopefully humbling, but um, just the way this whole thing has played out has just been really fascinating to me. Okay, so the next one is from the um, screen name 22Alution. Alution? I'm not sure. I'm sorry. But it says, I love the dynamic between the two of you. Austin not knowing anything about true crime is chef's kiss emoji. Hell yeah, is that it? Not really a question, no question. but I, I just like had that, to put though. it in there. Well, I appreciate it. I, it's funny. Sometimes we'll get people that think I'm faking, and I'm like, that's such a weird thing to think. But I think they're just used to some true crime podcasts that do very much fake it. Yeah, we've had people be like, we've, we've had a review before that's been like, I could do without Austin's oh my gods and oh gosh and what everything else. But that's my genuine, like, I'm not, I'm not scripting it being like, oh, right. what happened next? I'm like really genuinely curious and listening like as a complete nobody that knows nothing. Right. And it's just as if you were telling your friend or your own husband a story. These are the kind of reactions you'd probably expect. So mm-hmm. they are very genuine. Um, nine, 99 times out of 100, you do not know the case we're talking about. So yeah. it really, truly is genuine. I think yeah. that's what kind of sets us apart from yeah. a lot of other true crime podcasts. I agree. We should have done this live. Maybe. Like a Facebook Live or something. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Um, okay, so Roxy asks, which true crimes have impacted you the most? So I think it kind of ties in with the top three, but what has impacted me the most, I think, has been, man, Delphi was a wild one, the down the hill. That one was just so chilling Mm -hmm. that I, like, really upset my stomach, um, when I, when I researched that case. Um, obviously Casey Anthony, Mine's going to be kind of a weird answer, but I don't like, if you've noticed, I don't like listening to episodes or listening to parts where it's about kids. Oh, so without yeah. even telling you about hearing about that, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. The kid ones are really, really, really hard. And I try to sprinkle, I try to like, if we do cover those, only sprinkle them in and not have like one after another of just all crimes that involving children. But it's hard because I don't want to do a disservice to these victims who deserve to have a voice heard. But at the same time, it is freaking hard, especially as a mother, as a father. Mm -hmm. Like you can't help but put yourself in the shoes of those parents. Um, So those are really, really hard to do. And I don't want anyone to think that I, you know, just don't care because that's totally the opposite of the case. But they impact us quite a bit. Okay, so multiple people asked, what is you and Austin's love story? And she also included, one person included at least, they are a pro-Austin as co-host, by the way. Heck yeah. Lots of fluff for Austin. We love you, Austin. Thanks, babe. So what is our love story? Well, um, do you want to talk about it, babe, or do you want me to, babe? That's from The Office. Office dinner party episode. That's the greatest office one ever. It is. Season four episode, I think 19. I'm not sure, but I've watched it like a million times. It's so good. You go ahead. Babe. Call me babe. Go ahead, babe. Thanks. Okay. Um, So our love story. Oh, man. So just like long story short, we met when we were working at the gym, but we were friends for a while. I always thought he was very cute, but never thought he'd be interested in me because I was recently separated And I had two very young children. Kennedy was six months old. Jack was 18 months old. So very, very little. Um, And I thought, man, this like cute guy is 
definitely not going to be interested in me. Um, but then I posted something on Facebook about like how I was meal prepping some salmon and asparagus, I think is what it was. And he kind of cornered me at the gym and was like, Hey, I saw your post about meal prepping. And you know, I know someone that would pay for you to do that. I was not picking up that he meant himself. I thought for sure he meant like there's another client at the gym that was looking for meal prepping and maybe I could cook their meals. And I was like, I literally think my reaction was like, oh, I don't know if I would do that. I just do it for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not picking up that you were flirting with me. Mm-hmm. And I think, How ironic that I own a meal prep company. Now. Yes, you're welcome. I yeah. think that's, that's, you have me to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And I, I think there was probably a lot of other instances where you were probably flirting with me and I just wasn't picking up on it until you said that Jack had big brown eyes like his mom. And I was like, okay, he is flirting. That was flirtatious. And I will never forget where I was in that moment when I got that message from you. And then the, the first night we ever hung out and you put your hand on my leg and I was like, oh my God, heat just like radiated my whole body. I was like, oh my God, his hand is on my leg. And I still get so excited yeah. when you put your hand on my leg. I've um, been crushing on you hard since 2015. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of carry it from there, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just, because you already told the little romantic cue part. I'll just tell our life a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you guys the truth. Uh, no, no. I, so we've always been super into each other, but there was... There was a long time, and I, I, I like mention this because it's like premise of my podcast, speed bumps. Mm-hmm. Like you learn from the shit, right, and learn from other people. Yes. There was a long time where Kelly and I, we loved each other very much, but we didn't communicate well with each other, and like we fought a lot about. Like in hindsight, we were just both being really stupid and stubborn. Do you For agree sure. with that? Oh, absolutely. Like, so I wasn't compassionate. I didn't like apologizing about stuff. Um, I, I've, I've always been pretty, I mean, I'm a businessman. So like I would tend to talk to Kelly. She would tell me like, I'm talking to an employee. And then those were the things I were doing. You could mm-hmm. say what you were doing. Well, I was perfect. <laughs> no, that oh, was, Jesus. That's from the office when she's like, what are your weaknesses? I don't have any what, asshole. What were you say? <laughs> okay. So very much so. Like I do want to be real about this because I think it's easy to look from the outside and think, oh, their relationship is just so perfect and, Mm -hmm. you know, like have this impression. There were definitely times in the beginning where it was very rocky and I had to unlearn a lot of habits on my end as far as how I communicated too, because I came out of a divorce and I also was raised in a home where like my mom didn't really set the best examples for how to communicate and like not, I don't want to blame, you know, my mom, you know, I don't want to blame anyone and just saying like what I was surrounded with were maybe not the best examples with how to effectively communicate in a relationship, um, in my you know upbringing and in my marriage. And so coming out of that, I had to like look internally and think, what is it that I am doing that's not working? And a lot of it was expecting him to read my mind or so getting really, yeah, I would be passive aggressive or I would get really, really heated out of control and like I wouldn't filter what I was saying. So I would end up saying something hurtful that I regretted and it was way harder to, to come back from, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I I just say, I just think it's worth mentioning, like, the first few years of our relationship, like, the fact we loved each other kept us going, but we didn't have a great relationship. And then we altered so many things and it both changed. And, like, 
I think that's what a lot of relationships take is changing. Mm -hmm. And now we have a a great relationship. I mean, it's not, nobody's perfect, but like, I couldn't imagine our relationship being better. And it's just a constant respect and working to improve with each other. Communication's mm-hmm. like everything. So it's- Absolutely. And I like I had to relearn a lot of ways that I was communicating. And I look back now and I just think, man, I wish I could just like hug that girl. Cause I think I think I just needed someone to sit down and be like, Kelly, like this isn't working. Like this isn't just him. You need to fix some things too. And we, it was very much an inside job on both of our parts. But when yeah. I when I talk about our relationship then like I was so infatuated with you. I was so happy with you. And I think our relationship was good, not great. But like compared to how it is now, I think it's a lot easier to say that it wasn't great then because it is great now, I think. I agree with that. And I I like telling that because what's your love story? There's the romantic fun part in the very beginning, but Mm -hmm. then there's what actually made us have a very good relationship now, Mm -hmm. which is it takes work. Yeah. So that's like the glue that holds you together now. For sure. And I think if you want it bad enough, like you look inside and think, what can I be doing differently to make this better? Yeah. And so many relationships, like obviously people who listen to this, not everybody, but there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this and their relationship's not great. So many people have shitty marriages. Man. And I don't want that at all. And Kelly doesn't want that. And this is something like actively we talk about. We just went on a date on Friday and on the way down there, we were talking about how much each of us have changed in the last few years in regard to our relationship. Mm -hmm. So like it's a never ending, uh, work in progress. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think like seeing other, um, relationships, not judging other relationships, but you just see so many people who are unhappy and it's hard not to compare your situation to theirs. Right. And like, I don't have a lot to complain about. I'm, I am very happy with you, but it definitely took some time to like, you know, work out, work out the kinks. Mm -hmm. So the next question is, um, from Lillian J and it says, well, we've kind of already answered this, but what is Austin's favorite episode? What is the worst true crime story you have ever heard and have you covered it? So the reason I included this one, because um, we know, what is your number one favorite? Favorite episode of Yeah. It? I don't have one. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was Lulu or... I, I don't know. There's several I like. It's tough for me to... They're sure. All fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's tough to like truly rank them. But um, the worst true crime story you've ever heard and have you covered it? I think... Like there, I don't think that there's one out there that I haven't covered um, that I think is the worst. However, Dahmer is a pretty gruesome story. Have you ever covered it? No. So that's that's what came to mind when I was thinking. Well, like, what is an awful one I haven't covered that has been requested quite a bit? And I think it's Dahmer. But to be honest, like, I don't know if I really have any interest in covering that because the Netflix documentary came out. And I did watch most of it. I, I haven't seen, I only watched like the first few episodes, but then I, I saw that there was a lot of backlash from the victim's families that were disappointed in the documentary. And so I just don't know like what good it would be for me to make a, an episode on it. Like usually when I make these episodes, it's because I want to honor the victims. Well, I don't want to do something that's going to upset their families. So um, so that's probably a horrible story that I have not covered. Um, so the next one is Melly Hirsch. She asked, did you exchange Christmas gifts? And if so, what were they? Um, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. What did I get you? You got me two sweaters, 
a hat, two sweaters, a hat. What else? Two shirts. Oh, two shirts, two yeah. t-shirts. Austin loves the brand Versed that it's they Dick's carry at Dick's. It's Dick's Sporting brand. It's mm-hmm. their house brand, but it literally fits like Lulu, and it's like two-thirds of the price. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you really like that stuff. So I, I went like hard getting this him was, some stuff. This was a super <laughs> unique Christmas. So yes, for the was. first Christmas, and I'm, I don't mean this in any way because I don't care at all. It doesn't matter to me. But this Christmas, Kelly got me more than I got her because I don't even know what I got you. What did I get you? You got me slippers. Some puzzle glue. <laughs> puzzle glue. That was an inside joke because she always makes puzzles. I got a family custom family puzzle. Yes. It was kind of a small, weird Christmas. But in the past, like... Here is why I think it's funny. Okay. Because every year, this is what happens, you guys. He says, let's not go big on Christmas. Let's, let's just keep... Let's not get each other anything and let's just get the kids stuff, right? And then, oh, what do you know? I get a gift card for like... To Lululemon, or I get a, a beautiful portrait of the kids on the beach, like in a canvas print, like these thoughtful gifts. And I'm over here like an idiot because I listened to the rules and didn't get him anything. But this is like how our relationship has gone. So um, there was one year too where or I think it was our anniversary. So this is why I got back at him because I was like, our anniversary, our first anniversary, do you guys want to know what he got me? He got me this beautiful dinner at uh, this beautiful restaurant on the plaza. And when we arrived, they brought us to our table and sitting on the table were like 100 red roses. That was baller. It was huge. I mean, the thing weighed, I don't know how much. It was so heavy. It was Everybody gorgeous. thought it was a restaurant decor. And when we walked out with it, it was like, I was like carrying the thing with all of my arms around. It was cool. It was so neat. And you want to know what I got him? I got him a cameo from the rapper Riff Raff. And it was so confusing <laughs> and weird and off the wall. And I thought it was going to be funny. And this, this has been the tune of our relationship that he gives me these beautiful, thoughtful gifts. And I'm over here sitting like an idiot because I listened to the rules that we weren't going to get each other anything. Or if we did, it was going to be small. So this year, Kelly got me more on Christmas. But and we still don't do huge Christmases. Like, no, we really don't. But also, like, like, I'm grateful to say this. We just have a blessed life. And so, like, a couple of years ago, it was August, which is no occasion, no birthday, no nothing. And I got Kelly a new car. So, like, there, when you... That was a huge shock. So, we're just not... I don't know. Yeah. So, not crazy big Christmases. We don't do big holidays and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is Jenna Hyde in sight, and it says, can we be friends in real life? I'm in KC. Hey, girl. Um, that's awesome. So I, I mean, obviously me. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't be friends. Kelly doesn't like me to be really close with other chicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so that kind of ties in with that last question about meeting in Kansas City. Someday we will get there for sure. But, yeah, we can totally be friends in real life, girl. Message me. Okay, so the flower mama. That, that's literally how, how crimes happen. We can be friends in real life for sure. <laughs> yeah, message me. Just slide into my DMs. Go ahead. Um, okay, so the flower mama and LL writer, they also asked how we met, but we already covered that. I just want to give them a shout out. Um, Al- Alana Phoenix, she asked, how many more mama Alana. slash... Alana. I said Alana. Uh-huh. Dang it. I'm sorry. It's Alana. I know that. Um, Alana Phoenix asked, how many more Mama Papa Mystery Babies do you want? Ooh. Maybe one. Maybe none. (laughs) Somewhere between the number of none and one. (laughs) 
Oh, man. So I, you know, we've talked about this, like kind of touched on, oh, I'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it sometime, like just health issues that have been going on. And I I love to be open, an open book. I like to be honest with you guys because I think you guys appreciate it. The majority of our demographic are women aged 30 or 25 to 40, I think. And a lot of you are mothers. So last fall in October, we found out we were expecting and we were super excited, a little nervous because it was like not super expected. I mean, we knew it was possible, but I think anytime you like get a positive pregnancy test, it's shocking, you know? Um, So we found out we were expecting and we got one of those blood tests done from sneak peek and the results said we were having a boy, which was so exciting and sweet to find out together because when we had August, we did not find out what the gender was. So this time around we were like, let's find out. I want to prepare. And then in November, um, I think it was, no- yeah, it was, it was shortly before Thanksgiving. I found out that I miscarried. And so this is a very common thing. You know, a lot of you guys listening have probably suffered a miscarriage of your own. And I, I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but I wrote, um, a, just a post about the whole experience because writing is very therapeutic for me. So if you follow me on there, you can read it and hopefully resonate with it and find comfort in it. Um, and then in December had another like, you know, health scare where I was having horrible abdominal pain. And so I went to the ER convinced that I had, um, appendicitis. I was actually at work with Austin at his office and he took me to urgent care and they, thought also that I had appendicitis. So we go to the ER and it turned out that my miscarriage was actually incomplete. So they prescribed me some medicine and the medicine did not work. So I had to unfortunately have a DNC. So that was on Monday. And so now that all of that has passed, you know, obviously it's been a whirlwind. It's been devastating and hard, but thankfully I've had excellent support with Austin and I've, I've wanted to talk about it and, you know, tell you guys like what's been going on. And, you know, a a big reason I want to put it out there is because if any of you are struggling with it and you want to ask me about it, I am an open book and I will more than happily answer any questions that you have about the experience. I didn't know anything about like what having a DNC was going to be like. So, um, you know, if you want to talk more about that, I totally would. Um, but anyway, so back to the question on how many babies do we want? I don't know. Like if I, I don't know if I want another one after going through that. It was just, it was such a tough experience. It lasted three months and it just kind of like turned me off to the whole thing. Maybe I will change my mind down the road, but I feel like Jack and Kennedy are eight, nine. Augie just turned one. I feel like we have this perfect dynamic and setup. I'm sure a lot of you moms can relate to how that feels. Like, you know, maybe you just feel complete. You just know it when you're done, right? So somewhere between none and one. Uh, love you. Next question. I love you too. <laughs> so the next question is, Ginny Annie Smith says, how do you decide what cases to cover? So that's a good question because right now I have a ton of um, recommendations or requests. Um, you can fill out the Mama Mystery form or the request form on mamamystery.com. 
Um, I have them all on this like spreadsheet with all the requests and who requested them. And when I go through and try to decide who to cover, sometimes I cover what's relevant, what's going on right now, like the Idaho murders or the Casey Anthony or the Gabby Petito. Those were all things that were going on like real time. Um, but a lot of times if I'm covering something that happened in the past, I decide to cover it based on what kind of resources are out there. Cause I try to make our episodes at least like 30 minutes And it's really hard to find enough resources to write, you know, a a script that will last 30 minutes. So usually it's just based on how many resources I can find. Yeah. I was just going to add, Kelly does a really good job of covering the relevant ones. So if a case is going on, like if you follow her on TikTok or her Instagram stories, like it's immediate updates. You do a really good job of that. So thanks. So dude, it's Tessa asked if money was no object, where would you live and what would you do? Man, let me go first. Yeah. I don't know that anything would be different in my life. Um, I love what I do. I love where we are. I don't think I'd change anything. I honestly don't think I would either. That's pretty crazy. That makes me feel really grateful. Yeah. So thanks for the question. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm really great with everything. And like, I don't know. I've never Maybe really thought about that. Maybe just travel more, but like, I mean, I get anxiety traveling about is traveling. kind of exhausting. <laughs> I, yeah, I get anxiety about traveling because I get behind at work. But I like working a lot and mm. I love what you do. I mean, I, I don't know. That's, that's pretty eye-opening. That's like a real perspective. Yeah. A real recognition of perspective because I'm, I'm, money was no object. I wouldn't do anything different, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know that I would either, honestly. Cool. Yeah, which is a really cool thing to be able to say. Um, Leah K. 2007 said, what made you want slash decide to do a true crime podcast? And we got this question multiple times um, as well. I'm just going to say this before Kelly answers it Mm because it's your question. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to say this is Kelly's calling. Like really, (laughs) like you, you... are so fulfilled and happy and tapping into all of the things you're great at. You know, you're great at writing. You have people all the time tell you how wonderful your voice is. Like this is, this is your calling. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I never thought about that. I never, this was never something where like in college I was like, someday I want to have a podcast. It was literally never on my radar until COVID hit and I was bored and I, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, you know, as a hairstylist, I wasn't allowed to work because of COVID and I was so bored. I had to think of something to do. And so I thought, oh, I'll start like a YouTube channel. I like watching YouTube videos like, or true crime videos, documentaries, like maybe I'll try to recreate, recreate it in my own way. And so I started out with just YouTube videos. I think there's like seven or eight on YouTube before I realized like, holy shit, this is a lot of work. Like this is way more work than I think I anticipated. And I really enjoyed the writing and the research, but I didn't enjoy like all the editing and the, the, like having to make sure my face looked okay on all these videos and like my, I don't know, stuttering and like, I don't know. It was just a lot, but I still wanted to do it. So Austin suggested that I just extract the audio and make a podcast. And at the time I was like, I don't even know what a podcast is. Isn't that so weird? 
It's so weird because still people will ask me like, what are podcasts? What exactly remember, are podcasts? I remember walking. I was on a walk and it was like nine or 10 o'clock at night and I was listening to one of your YouTube videos, but I had it closed in my pocket. And I remember talking to you. I was like, Kelly, just make these a podcast. I'm listening to them like they're a podcast. Everybody else probably is too. They're probably turning on YouTube and shutting off their phone screen mm-hmm. and just listening. And you were like... I guess. I mean, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah. And now here we are. But that is really kind of how it started. I've always had an interest in true crime. I think all of us who are true crime um, fanatics have just always had an interest in it. I don't know if there's one specific thing that sparks it. I think maybe it's just something that's kind of born in us. Um, But yeah. And I think, you know, just loving to write tell stories. I've always been a talker according to my parents, which is funny because now I'm kind of an introvert. Like I like talking to you in front of a mic Mm -hmm. and I like talking in front of really big groups of people. But if I was like in a small group, I get so much anxiety. I can't take it. I'm like, okay, is someone going to talk now? What should I say next? I'm racking my brain. Like I got to feel the silence. I just, I don't do well. Which is a total self-conscious thing because she does. But anyways, go ahead. For sure. Okay. So Nate Boswell, love you, Nate, asked, what has the journey been like so far to 1 million plays? And um, I think we kind of talked about that earlier, just about like staying patient. The journey has been um, really just easy. The journey has been the same as anything else, which is like moments of fleeting joy over excitement over, Oh my, I got this many new followers. And then to like, it's not going fast enough to impatience to uh, like, it's how can I get this faster? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like anything in life. Like I always go back to that and people are, I think I sound so cliche, but it's just like anything in life. Everything good takes time. Yeah. And through the process of something becoming successful, it's like, it's this up and down, up and down roller coaster that is going up more than it's going down over mm-hmm. time. But at times you don't notice it. And so I will say though, I don't feel like we've ever had any downs, you know, like we've had, you know how things ebb and flow. I feel like, you know, there's been times where we creep up and then we just stay in a, a straight line. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then more creep of a up lull. and stay in a straight line. I guess when I'm saying downs, I'm thinking of you saying, um, there was so many times for about a year where Kelly, you would be like, what do I need to do to go faster? What do I, I, what is, I'd be like, you're doing everything right. Do more yeah. promotion around episodes. Other than that, you're doing everything right. Be consistent. And you'd yeah. be like, I just feel like there's something more I could be doing. I think that was partly though, because of just my confidence, like not having the kind of confidence that I do now. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, I feel like I could be doing more, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. But now it's like, I think I know what I'm doing and I have a good handle on it and we have so much planned for the future. Um, the last question is from Tara Irizarry. Okay. Um, shout out to Tara. Love She's a good Tara. friend of mine. And she asks, how or have you and Austin ever discussed doing a YouTube show like what Pat McAfee does? And if not, you should because you two would be amazing at this. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You want to go or me? You go. I was just going to say, I think that I think that doing a YouTube channel, it is funny because it's contradicting what I just said about doing a podcast. Doing a YouTube channel is a great way to monetize in the future and build mm-hmm. subscribers and everything else. And I think there's for sure, for sure, a listener base and a, an attention to be had on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of bandwidth to handle the focus of both. Absolutely. So I completely agree. I One of the things that I really want to incorporate 
our videos, Mm -hmm. but in the sense of like, we just record ourselves recording the episode. So it's not going to be this type of like scripted thing like I used to do, um, where I sat in front of a camera and told the story. It's, I want it to be more just relaxed and casual. So I would love to be able to do that. And I want to at some point. Um, Someday, video version of what we're doing right now. Yeah, and if that is something that you know you think we should one thousand percent do, you know, let us know. But um, for right now, we're going to keep doing this. Some of our goals are obviously to go to CrimeCon, um, to continue engaging with our followers on all platforms, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and everywhere. Um, but yeah, we have big things. Big things in store. We're going to be coming out with some merch soon, some t-shirts and crewnecks. We have some other plans that are just a secret that we're going to keep until, like, keep under our hats until we're ready to talk about it. But um, until then, just continue to tune in every week. We appreciate you so much. The reviews, the reviews are so important because it gets us in the eyes of other potential listeners. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I cannot, I can't express how thankful I am to everyone who listens to us and appreciates our show. Yeah. I say the same thing. It's been really fun. It's been, it's going to be fun to see where it all goes. Yes. So again, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, also on TikTok, the handle, the handle on all those platforms it's, is the same. It's mama.mysterypodcast. Mama. Mystery. Out. Bye. A millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair. I'm a venereal disease, like a menstrual bleed through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind. Cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time. Cause my second minutes, I was go to the almighty dollar in the almighty power of that chopper, sister, brother, son, daughter, father, motherfucker, copper, got the Maserati dancing on the Bridge, pussy poppin', tell the coppers, ha, 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 you can't catch them, you can't stop them, I go by them goon rules, if you can't beat them, then you pop them, you can't man them, then you mop them, you can't stand them, then you drop them, you pop them, cause we pop them like over Red and Baca. Motherfucker, I'm ill, yeah. A million here, a million there Sicilian bitch with long hair With coconut dairy gear Like smoking the thinnest air I open the Lamborghini Hoping them crack the semen Like look at that bastard Weezy He's a beast, he's a dog He's the motherfucking problem Okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? Nothing, nothing You ain't scaring nothing On some faggot bullshit Call him Dennis Ryman Call me with your own bitch Call me on my sidekick Never answer when it's private Damn, I hate a shy bitch Don't you hate a shy bitch? Yeah, I hate a shy bitch She ain't shy no more She changed her name to my bitch <laughs> Yeah, nigga, that's my bitch So when she asked for the money When you through, don't be surprised, bitch And it ain't trickin' if you got it But you like a bitch with no ass You ain't got shit Motherfucker, I'm ill, not sick And I'm okay, but my watch sick Yeah, my drop sick Yeah, my clock sick Sick, am I not thick? I'm it.
motherfucker, I'm ill. Yeah. See, they say I'm rapping like Big J and Tupac. I'm straight 3000. What is Erica Badu at? Who that? Who that said they gon' be Lil Wayne? My name ain't Big, but I keep that flame. Now, who that wanna do that? Boy, you knew that you that swallow. And I be this shit, now you got loose powers. I don't owe you like two vowels. But I would like for you to pay me by the hour. <laughs> and I'd rather be pushing flowers than to be in the pen sharing showers. <laughs> Tony told us this world was ours. And the Bible told us every girl was sour. Don't play in the garden and don't smell her flower. Call me Mr. Carter or Mr. Lawn Mower. Just like I'm Michael Lowry Even when stuff on this is she couldn't doubt me Motherfucker, I say life ain't shit without me Chrome lips poking out the poop Look like it's pouting I do what I do and you do what you can do about it Bitch, I can turn a crack rock into a mountain Damn me, don't you compare me Cause there ain't nobody near me They don't see me but they hear me They don't feel me but they feel me I'm ill at C3 3P I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the.